The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN, that is CIO Talk Network. Uh, to learn more about the show, please uh, visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is, do you know your leadership blind spots? And we have Jonathan Elbaum, who's the Chief Information Officer with USDA, which is U.S. Department of Agriculture. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hi, I'm great today. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the show. Oh, the honor is all ours. So, so the topic we picked up today is essentially connecting leadership with a kind of a car where you are driving it. And, of course, you have all the confidence. You have your hands on the steering wheel. It happens that you may see on the rear view mirror or any of the side mirrors and you still don't see what's coming next to you and you may have those as the blind spots. So this could very well be happening on a regular basis with leaders like you, Jonathan. And it would be great for us to get a perspective of what type of organization you are running and how do you think this is relevant what what type sure. of blind spot do you see? Yeah, so uh, so first of all, you know, I'm the CIO for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and uh, the USDA does uh, many different but very important things. We um, we fight forest fires in national forests through the U.S. Forest Service. We write nutrition policy and run the uh, school lunch program, the food stamp program, then on the SNAP, um, the WIC program through the uh, Food and Nutrition Service. We work on the uh, formerly the food pyramid, now the food plate. We make loans to uh, families in rural America. We support 2.2 million farmers and ranchers across the country with farm programs and conservation. We do uh, cutting-edge research on plant and animal genomes. Uh, we run a large insurance company that supports farmers. So you, the USDA does uh, many, many different things, um, all tied back to uh, supporting American agriculture. But when you... Um, when you have an organization like USDA that's a it's large, federated, complex organization, uh, sometimes it's easy to think that the approach that is a best practice or makes sense for the people that work in Washington, D.C., is an approach that will work um, across our large, um, geographically dispersed network. We have people that work all over the country and in 93 foreign countries. So we have to really be thinking about models that are flexible and um, Models that you know support a wide variety of kinds of work. So, you know, I think if you're um, charging forward with great ideas and you're not considering the environment around you, or getting out there to explore the environment around you, 
it's very easy to create blind spots. You know, the, um, the, uh, the challenge we sometimes have in government and organizations generally is that we have a great idea and we think everyone should adopt it. And, you know, I found over time that uh, a one-size-fits-all model isn't, isn't the best approach for us. At, at the Department of Agriculture. We, we have a lot of diversity, and that diversity needs to be honored and respected and understood and requires flexibilities. So without, uh, without flexibilities or, or thinking that you have um, uh, more than one approach and having more than one approach is okay, you really can run into, into some challenges, and you know, blind spots come right out of that. So based on what you mentioned about the scale and scope of your department, and uh, it's complex, of course, you try to do the best you can. Of course, no one comes to office to say, I want to screw up today. And right. the blind spots could still get created, and if you don't know about them, you don't know about them. There is no 100% visibility, at least based on what we hear when we talk to leaders. So do you think most of these blind spots, at least the way you explained it, turn out to be self-inflicted because we want to jump the gun and we want to kind of go, as you mentioned, that you have a bright idea. We want everyone else to adopt it. Or you think because of the complexity, we just have to continually looking for them versus uh, this being seen as self-inflicted. So if I behave myself, blind spots would not exist. Yeah, it's probably somewhere somewhere in the middle. Like I think that we can, be, we can agree that as, as leaders or as human beings, we're all going to have blind spots. Um, in our professional lives and our work lives, because it really, you know, not having them requires you constantly thinking about what might go wrong or what you don't understand and not feeling too uh, self-assured that you have everything in, in control. And I think oftentimes we, we get molded into a, uh, a sense of security because things have worked well for a long time, or we uh, don't expect things to change, even though we know things will always change, especially in, in the world of technology. We have constant change. But we get very comfortable with a particular organization structure or approach to a project, and the environment around us might be, might be changing, but we're, maybe we're not um, aware of it, and you know, that creates blind spots. My, my experience, they, they get created for um, one of a few reasons. They, you might develop a blind spot because you're going so fast and you're, you're charging forward to get a project done, uh, for any number of reasons, you might have a real business need, you might have uh, external pressures, uh, political pressures, or other organizational pressures on you to get something done, or, uh, you know, you feel if you don't get it done now, you'll never get the chance, and you push forward without considering uh, all of the information, and uh, without stopping to think and understand how this is impacting um, those around you. I think a good example, uh, I worked, you know, before I joined the government, I worked on a... Um, I worked in private consulting, management consulting, and we would build systems for particular organizations. We built lots of websites for companies. And I remember working for one customer, and uh, they had a great idea to do uh, online training. Um, and we built a great training website and a great way to, um, for people to acquire training. And in the end, we built a system that nobody really used, nobody really needed. Um, but it was, seemed like a great idea to the team. It seemed like a great idea to the customer. It seemed like, uh, you know, a, a, a great innovative approach, but it wasn't the right one. We didn't have enough uh, data on the environment around us, but we were really consumed by the quality of the idea, the thing we were building. And, you know, that uh, charging forward and moving real fast for that team and that, uh, that environment created a real blind spot about how this product would be perceived. 
think also so, sometimes. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so the question I had for you was where you said that because we are moving fast, the blind spot gets uh, created. Is, 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 while in the real world, when you're driving your car very fast, blind spot has nothing to do with the speed. But yes, you could you know, uh, essentially have a bigger damage if you're you know, going fast. Are you, are you connecting in the real world when we're talking leadership? Is because you go fast, you just fail to see the blind spots, but blind spots don't get truly ex- you know, getting created because of the speed, is it? Yeah, so um, you know, whether it's a, a blind spot from a traditionally the concept of a car where you, you know, if you look at all the mirrors, you can't see something, or uh, it gets the blind spot is effectively a blind spot because you are driving so fast you're focusing on the road ahead of you, you might not be looking in the in the side mirrors because you're worried about what might be in front. Uh, I think that uh, focus on speed or focus on getting a lot done at one time uh, may prevent you as a leader, your team, uh, those working with you from looking at all of those mirrors and maybe asking all of the questions that need to be asked. And sometimes you really have to go slow to go fast, right? Sometimes you have to be... Um, comfortable with uh, not necessarily missing a date, uh, but with having a, uh, a timeline or approach that's going to bake in getting input from your customers or um, support this idea that you need to have um, multiple check-ins along the way. And, you know, when you think about things like iterative development and agile and those kinds of approaches that we do now, uh, we have a lot of those uh, processes in, in USDA and in our projects where we can uh, pause and review what we've created with the customer and get feedback and move forward. I think that's a way to reduce, um, you know, blind spots that I was talking about in my in my example. Uh, I, I'd say also sometimes, uh, you know, maybe back on your uh, car analogy, um, you might not want to uh, look in that mirror because you don't necessarily want to see what's in what's reporting uh, what what's reflecting back at you. And you know, I I, I try that uh, to connect that to. Um, organizations who are of a lot of pride in the work that they've accomplished over the years. And sometimes that pride can blind you from the fact that maybe the organization isn't as well positioned as it once was or is not as good as, as, it, as it used to be relative to its competitors uh, because the external environment changes. And, you know, we, we can look at that, you know, with uh, some new technology that come on the market from time to time. I think about cloud technologies and USDA uh you know, we have a very uh, good internal uh, data center capability. We're very proud of it. Uh, for a long time, um, we were trying to replicate some external cl- commercial cloud technologies. We've uh, adjusted our approach because that really that really was um, not the best approach for us. And you know, creating some blind spots with our as we looked at our internal customers who who wanted to take advantage of some new technologies they couldn't access. So we've adjusted our approach, and we're being very focused now on. Um, integrating commercial cloud tools into in with our uh, traditional, more traditional data center tools and approaches, and you know that customer feedback that we solicited uh, caused the you know our organiz- internal organizations to pause and reflect and adjust. And those adjustments are really are really key and eliminated some blind spots we had within uh, within uh, the USDA IT organization. So you, you might have so much pride. And um, you're so proud of the work that you've done over time that you're not uh, thinking that you need to look around in those mirrors or get more information or that you might uh, things have changed and you might not be as good. I think also times, 
you know, uh, I'll say shame or fear that the um, uh, result might not be what uh, what you expect it to be, and you don't want to share uh, the fact that things aren't going are going well because maybe you're not in an organization that's going to be supportive of adjustments or a change in schedule or maybe the need for more funding, perhaps. Uh, and, I, and I've seen that in many places over over my career where a project started to go bad, and um, you know, the folks who were close to the project, you know, held that information very close and didn't share it with their leadership or others. And, you know, bad news doesn't get better with age. The first project management class I ever took, the, uh, the top instructor uh, said, as a project manager, the most important thing you can know is to take your pain early, right, because things don't get better. You're never going to catch up on your schedule. You're never going to suddenly not need as, uh, you know, make up your budget. Those things rarely happen. And there, if there's a shame or you know fear of uh, share of bad news, yeah, no worries. So, so basically, what you just mentioned, it's interesting um, that you uh, spoke about this as an analogy, and and but you were the driver. But then, in a team environment, you kind of you can almost think about everyone sitting next to you is also looking on the side mirrors and helping you out to minimize those blind spots. And that can happen when you have a family and we are going through a, a very busy street. So then the whole family looks on the left or the right to make sure that we are still safe. So that, that could actually work to your advantage. Now, talking about leadership, because not everyone in that family is the leader who's driving the car. We are looking at that individual who's kind of lonely up there. So if you look at yourself, I would not say you are lonely, but you're still at the, the you are at a level where not everyone out there would understand what you are dealing with and or what you have to deal with and certain things or decisions or perspectives you have to provide are you're the only one you could could be doing that. And in that case is where you are all by yourself trying to figure out how to go about doing it and in that same process make sure that you have minimized the blind spots that you have. But let's talk more about it when we come back. Please stay tuned, listeners, and we'll explore. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? 
Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, so, Jonathan, what, what we discussed in the first segment was essentially about, okay, projects are being done. We have to look at the blind spots, see if you can minimize them, and that way we can move forward. And you you being the leader of the troop, you get support from your team. Now, let's talk about you as an individual or someone assumes a role of a CI or any other leader in the organization. They could come across as someone who can work very well with the team, but perhaps when they are being seen as a leader or people are trying to evaluate you as a leader, they'll see how do you communicate strategic direction? How do you how visionary are you? Are you able to set appropriate expectations at all levels? Are you able to get the, uh, you know, hold the bull by the horn and get the performance improved versus trying to be the softer person who is thinking and, and, and maybe looking at the environment to change? So all of those things cumulatively give you a rating by the people who you lead as a leader. And, and while you're doing it, do you think you would, there would be certain blind spots somebody has to watch out for? Sure. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a really uh, good question. I think a lot of what the leader has to do is create an environment where people can provide information and participate in a process. That doesn't take away the responsibility of the leader to make the decision in the end or um, can be able to effectively communicate it. You... You have to be able to um, appear as a leader, make a decision, stand and affirmatively uh, present the vision or, or strategic goals. Uh, so certainly, um, but you know, in in doing that, in creating those goals and understanding um, uh, the direction the organization has to go, I don't think a leader can ever uh, do that um, singularly. They need input from the people around them, whether they're strategic advisors or division directors or vice presidents in a corporation, uh, I need to have good information. And, you know, you're, you're, you can certainly um, end up with a blind spot if the people around you are uh, coached to tell you what you want to hear. Um, you need to have an environment. I mean, as a leader, I need to create an environment where uh, people around me know they can, they can give me the real information, uh, an unvarnished truth, even if it isn't what I'm uh, what I'm expecting. Uh, my uh, my best leadership experiences have been, you know, as a, as a subordinate to a, to a really good leader, when I felt fully comfortable telling that person what I really thought was happening and what they needed to be to be aware of, and their willingness to listen and hear me out and maybe maybe provide their perspective. And uh, but that process is really critical for the leader. You you can you can achieve uh, you can quickly accumulate blind spots if if you just have uh, um, a group of yes men around you who are telling you you're doing great and things are going well uh, you don't have anything to worry about um, and everyone loves you uh, I've, I've been in organizations where people wanted to hear that 
And, you know, to some extent, you end up getting sucked into that, that approach. And, you know, those people, uh, they, they don't do well in the end necessarily because when things get really tough or there's a really challenging decision to make, they probably don't have the best information. So I always want to be in an environment uh, where people are giving me the truth and where I can, uh, and I can share the truth. Oh, I feel that's a great way to eliminate uh, blind spots. And, so, you know, I'd love to be, love to be co- you know, coached by those around me about how I can do better as I make those presentations and, and share information. So, so in a way, you connected uh, the, the handling of blind spots to how other people around you are. And in a way, you are responsible for building that team which are, who are not yes-men, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so then there are certain things you will take the input. So, yeah, you, you will you will make sure that the right type of team is there. The blind spots are still yours, and those are leadership blind spots we're talking versus what's going on in the organization. Because if you've created a team, that's a great achievement. But now, as you go ahead into new uncharted territories, the people who you have even next to you may be equally. Uh, unclear and or confused or totally unaware of what to do next. And that's where you would shine as a leader. Otherwise, you are a manager, right? I mean, if you if you are only doing things which are in an expected, in a structured format, somehow there is a management component of a leader which kicks in. But when it is newer era or something unprecedented that happens or something which is uncharted, that's where you shine as a leader. But in order for you to shine, you realistically cannot depend on the people you hired or even your peer group because you're the one who's supposed to take charge and move ahead. You don't have any, enough information and the people next to you are equally clueless. That's the time sure. when blind spots could show up. How would you deal with those? So let me, let me share a story from when I, uh, when I first joined uh, the government. Um, prior, to, uh, prior to joining uh, the government, I worked as a, a management consultant, as I mentioned, and I worked in uh, the organization that I, that I joined as an employee. And I had a lot of information. I knew that organization up, down, and left, and right, and I had a very good sense of opportunities for improvement. And I came in as the, uh, the deputy chief information officer, and I was all ready to change everything. And um, I, I came in with a gigantic blind spot. I came in with the perspective that the people around me, uh, people that were working for me, wanted me to... Um, help them change. Uh, I just assumed we were all on the same page. I, and I was very, being very directing and I wasn't listening. I was being, um, I was trying to solve the problems and I had this, uh, I had an executive coach that really helped me at that time that uh, through the, through coaching and conversation, I identified this blind spot that I had and recognized that my job wasn't to solve the problem. My job was to um, create an environment where we could solve problems. And it really uh, resulted in uh, a big adjustment in my, in my approach. I didn't, um, I didn't know uh, how little I knew about um, the work that I was doing. You know, I, I was um, doing conceptually the right things, but in, in, the, in the wrong way. And it took, it took coaching and it took uh, conversation to identify uh, that the direction I was giving uh, the the the, the, um, the instructions to the to the staff were were not uh, being received correctly, and they weren't being executed in a in a in a, in a good way. It's very fortunate that I was able to uh, overcome this very early in my career, 
and, you know, learn that um, I needed to take a different approach and have to be aware and listening to um, not just the people on the team, but um, have a, uh, but, but those, those who have a different perspective or maybe not the same experience have equally valid, uh, valid points and approaches. And it, it, without that perspective, I, I'd still be, you know, leading in the way that I thought best in every single situation. And um, sometimes uh, what you think is best, you might have some biases or you might have some uh, blind spots, if you will, that don't, don't result in the best approach or don't result in the right approach for that environment with the, the, the team that's around you. So I know I keep coming back to teams and, and organization, and I, I, I think in my mind I, I really link the, um, you know, the leader's ability to be effective with the way that leader interacts with the executives around them and the way they work together. Uh, the leader turns into, uh, you know, when the leader turns into a manager and is directing the day-to-day activities of, of those folks around them, uh, they're not they're not doing the leadership job as you were, you were alluding to, and creating that right environment, that right mix of what the leader does versus what the staff does or the, the subordinate executives do is is really critical. And and, and at least in my experience, in uh, my coming up through the ranks, it took me a little while to to figure out how to get that just right. And I don't know that I, I have it right yet. I continue to, you know, refine and, and hopefully uh, improve the way I interact with the team and those around me. Do you think we should be intentional about finding blind spots or if somebody, sh- you know, basically indicates maybe as part of your team or your spouse or whosoever, because it's about you. It's not about the company you're running. Only then you should react to it. I think we should all be intentional in trying to identify blind spots. Uh, I think part of my my job is um, working with my leadership team to remind them that they probably have blind spots too. Let's say probably they do. We all have them, and that they should be actively looking for them and working to overcome them themselves. I think that's a big part of my my leadership role. Um, I think the real question is how do you go about identifying them. Yeah, that um, was my next question. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, you know, a, a lot of it is uh, being open. Uh, one, you know, acknowledging that they exist and then being open to different methods for for identifying them. What I personally have found most effective is executive coaching or, or reading, you know, books by executive coaches. Uh, one of the best uh, books I, I read um, was uh, uh, by an author... Um, Marshall Goldsmith, I believe, uh, what got you here won't get you there. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, good points in that book about the fact, you know, that the things that you were good at that made you a great candidate for this job might not make you a great candidate for your next job or might not make you successful in that new job. You know, and uh, one, one that always sticks out in my head is this idea that um, to ask yourself this question, is it, is it worth it? And... Uh, you know, a blind spot I had early in my career was I had a lot of information. I would always share it. And sometimes it could derail a conversation or it could be um, uh, uh, make, make some in the room uh, feel bad or, or you know, create a, uh, a situation where, you know, throw the politics off. Uh, so I had to learn that just because I knew these things and I thought I could advance the, advance the conversation or get us to solve the problem right at that instant, 
um, that I didn't always have to share everything that I knew, that there might be a better time, a more appropriate time to share that information. And I have to ask myself that question. Is it worth it to uh, tell somebody that, you know, they misunderstand something right now? Maybe they can learn that on their own and through that process they'll be a better leader themselves. So that was one book that sticks out to me as something that helped a lot. And, you know, I go back to that process of coaching or reading books that, that help uh, people um, adjust their leadership style uh, is, is very effective. And, you know, looking for feedback, um, 360 feedback. We do have to do 360 evaluations in our organization. I think they can be very effective. They give you um, a sense of how you're, uh, you know, perceived from all levels of your organization. Some people are very, very good at managing up, and their um, their their supervisors, whatever level they are in, in the organization, feel feel great about things. But their employees uh, might not feel very good because maybe. They never, they're never getting credit for the work that's being done or um, the, uh, the, the, the leading up is, is, turns into a, uh, you know, a process of taking the work and stating it in a way that's not accurate that they're left holding the bag at some point in, in the future. So uh, how you're perceived at all levels, you know, by your peers or supporters or, or, or your supervisors gives you a good sense of where those blind spots might be. You know, I always like to uh, ask our customers um, for feedback uh, so the team can see how they're perceived, or I, I like to um, have our services, we offer a lot of internal services to USDA customers compared against services our customers could get from uh, a commercial vendor to see how do we compare and give perspective back to this team who, who might not really understand their environment because of their blind spots, their uh, pride in the work they've done over time and their misunderstanding of how the environment has, has changed around them. So those, those kinds of activities, I think, can create um, real uh, opportunities to identify shortcomings, identify blind spots, and, you know, um, make adjustments. I think one part is identifying the blind spots, and the other part is understanding how to overcome them. I think they're two separate processes. And, you know, they're related, but um, knowing that you don't do something well doesn't, instantly help you do it better. It's a first step. Uh, as a follow-on, you need to be really open to, to change and, and recognizing that uh, maybe you're not as good as you think you are in a particular area, that there are um, others who might be better, and, and you, need to, you need to learn from those experiences. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And um, Jonathan, there are situations which we cannot predict or things that happen, like a black swan theories exists with where you have a metaphor of a black swan. You did not expect that to be there. And, and you then later on find out and then you try to rationalize. But when we are talking about blind spots, we don't necessarily need to beat ourselves up if this was something which we did not know could happen, especially when we are innovating all the time, when we are disrupting, when we are navigating into the uncharted territories, things will happen which we did not realize were going to happen. How does one objectively differentiate between these uh, black swan events, which is unprecedented events, from the blind spot so that we are not becoming hypercritical and undermine our leadership further? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore.
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, of course, we have blind spots. We always will and will continue to recognize which they are and how to go about, um, you know, taking care of them. Now, there are so many things that are happening today. We are moving at a warp speed. We have uh, things that may happen with us because of the innovation or otherwise Mother Nature would cause those, which we never anticipated, did not have a plan for it. How do you differentiate the two? Because sometimes we could get either hypercritical or we could blame it to God. Jonathan. Yeah, so so I think, you know, as we talked about before, blind spots, they have a lot to do with uh, sometimes beliefs or assumptions an individual or organization might have. And, um, you know, you might, you, you might have blind spots that prevent you from seeing something that in retrospect was really predictable. Uh, as opposed to that really exceptional black swan black swan event, so you know how do you how do you know what it was in the end? I think that they uh, you know after it's occurred after you you see its impact in the environment, it's really important for the organization to go back and um, do something like a after action analysis or a um, some kind of uh, uh, review to make sure that you didn't miss something. More likely than not, uh, you know, the team or the organization did miss something because you weren't looking for it. And it was predictable. I find that, I found that many times, that this thing that you never saw coming, if you looked at it a little differently or you thought about it differently or the organization had more, I'll say, you know, uh, uh, creativity, um, you, you, you could have seen it coming, as opposed to something that came out of nowhere 
or you know, in a, or an industry changes uh, tremendously overnight because of uh, some sort of viral technology. The uh, the or you know the leader whose job it is to uh, train that organization, their organization to be looking for blind spots, and the leaders encouraging them to look for blind spots and correct for them, I think is uh, more capable of dealing with those black swan events when they occur. There's there's going to be this opportunity to rapidly adjust. You're you're open to this idea that well, it's not going how we expected it to go, or something is changing in this environment that might be. Uh, not what we expected. Um, we need to sit down and talk about this and not hide it, and not, uh, uh, or, or at least be open to this idea that it's not what we expected. Because you're looking at data, you're looking at information, you're, you're doing that ongoing analysis that we described earlier that really helps identify that a blind spot might exist. So it's hard to, uh, you know, I think it, in the middle of something, it's hard to say, exactly what's happening, what's the impact on the industry, or what's the impact on the organization or your customers. But uh, in, in retrospect, um, my experience has been a lot of those things were evident. They just maybe weren't accessible uh, to, to those around you, or you weren't getting the right information, or you weren't getting the, uh, the, right, um, the right conversations happening that could have made this predictable thing um, you know, really clear. So it's a fine line, but, you know, they're called black swan events because they are exceptional, but we see things like this happen routinely that we think were completely unpredictable. Uh, you know, my, my perspective and my experience tells me most of them are predictable. You know, in the business world, we have these checkpoints, which is a risk mitigation strategy where you have some uh, ways to get uh, indications that something wrong is about to happen or could happen, and that would result in you proactively recognizing the blind spot before you are getting to a specific point where it could have hurt you and prevent that happening, prevent that from happening. So so mm-hmm. do you think you would recommend that while we are going through this, this, uh, this warp speed and doing multiple initiatives... Uh, and and we could create something which is more a process-driven versus a gut-driven and formalize it so that the leaders and, of course, their deputies who are leaders in their own right are able to identify blind spots much more proactively, thus preventing a lot bigger damage. For sure. I, I am uh, I'm a great fan of having some regular formalized reviews of important things. We, um, you know, one example I'll, I'll give you is uh, uh, information security, cybersecurity. Obviously, a big issue in every organization today. doesn't Doesn't take a day before there's another story about a cybersecurity breach or a hacking of a major organization. And you know, it's it's happens in the government from time to time. We're all very uh, per, um, focused on it right now. Uh, but there's so much information um, tied to cybersecurity that is uh, buried deep in systems or in event logs or somewhere that uh, pulling it out and making it accessible to people is is really important. And, you know, the, the cybersecurity team and I uh, undertook a uh, some actions last year to uh, create a comprehensive uh, cybersecurity scorecard for, uh, for USDA that highlights areas of vulnerabilities, uh, opportunities for uh, to make our systems more secure, uh, demonstrates how our, our uh, employees interact with their technology. And um, 
by highlighting all of that information and sharing it with the top levels of the organization on a routine basis, you know, we're able to create conversations that we didn't have before. Uh, we had agency administrators talking to their to their CIOs about how to reduce risk in particular systems or how to increase the use of two-factor authentication for system access or um, how to how to reduce uh, the incidences of people clicking on malicious links and emails. And while everybody knows those things are important, uh, for a long time, um, we just sort of assumed that they would be taking care of them. These things would take care of themselves because the... Uh, the security team was there, or uh, that you know we would be able to identify a bad email and not click on it. But we, we we know it's very hard to to avoid some of these things, and uh, we have enough breaches across uh, across the government and, and private industry that it it takes extra steps and extra conversations. And you know those um, uh, those conversations are the same kinds of conversations that highlight uh, things that we might not be considering those blind spots again, um, especially when you have a large, complicated organization like we, we have in, in the government office with a lot of different people doing good work but trying to do it very quickly and trying to do it in a, in a way to satisfy their customers. Sometimes uh, we go back to this idea that you have to go slow to go fast. Sometimes you have to be really deliberative in your work and uh, you need to balance your cybersecurity requirements with your requirements for your business or your programs. And uh, by, by highlighting this information and, and being very intentional about putting it in front of key decision makers and teaching them what it means and identifying where they might have risk, the things that they were uh, not, not necessarily aware of on a day-to-day basis, highlighting for them where they, where they may have a blind spot or two and helping them have the right conversations with their leadership teams across, uh, across USDA to uh, make adjustments that, you know, minimize our risk. We'll never put it to zero. We, there's always a, a concern that something will happen, and we think about that every day. But we have the opportunity to make it less likely. We have the opportunity to uh, make strategic changes in the way we, we do our work if we can share the right information, if we can get the right conversations going, and make sure that people realize the, the importance of, of this aspect of their business. And, you know, we've, we were able to do that by establishing these regular reviews and highlighting information, and not in a technical way, but highlighting the information in a way that's meaningful to people that are not cybersecurity resources, that are, that are not technical resources, but business people. Who, who certainly don't want their data breached or want, their, or want to make sure their, their systems have high integrity and can serve their customers effectively. Uh, so, so it's partially about sharing the information, uh, but also uh, I'd like to add that it's about sharing the information in a way that's meaningful to the people that you're sharing with. So it goes back to really good communication and, um, you know, having, uh, again, I go back to that environment word a lot, uh, having that right kind of environment where people are uh, open to learning, they're open to sharing information, and you can have a hard conversation with leadership without, you know, fear of uh, repercussions. And you know, I'm very, I'm very proud to say that we have that USDA. It, it uh, doesn't make my job easy, but it, it certainly makes my job easier than if I had to uh, uh, work in an environment where, where we couldn't, we couldn't share that kind of information freely, and we had to do it always with the worry that someone would. Um, you know, would uh, not like it, and suddenly we would something bad happen. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and discuss about um, a typical 
situation where experience and expertise becomes enemy of innovation and or enemy of being able to identify the blind spots. Because we almost think that we know where to look for blind spots and that's where we miss out because we did not look at places which we otherwise should have. And this is not new only in terms of blind spots, but many other places where we go about uh, dealing with this. So let's when we come back from the break, uh, Jonathan, let's talk about how to unlearn sometimes. As a leader, you may have all the experience in the world and your team may have the experience. But how do you fundamentally shed that learning and, and, and kind of look fresh to see what to do and, and where to find those blind spots. How difficult it is and if at all it has been managed and you've, done, you've been able to successfully put that in place. What did you do to unlearn as a team and as an individual, as a leader? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Jonathan, we need to unlearn. We have to fundamentally have a fresh thinking and not let our experience, quote-unquote experience, become a handicap when we are trying to identify and take care of these blind spots. How do you go about doing it? Well, you know, I'm, uh, uh, you know, the word unlearn, anytime I, I hear that, I think about uh, the scene from Empire Strikes Back where uh, uh, Yoda is teaching Luke Skywalker how to use the Force, and he says you must unlearn all that you have learned. And I think that's really, uh, really true when you're entering into a leadership position, especially when you're coming in as a, uh, uh, coming up through the organization and you have um, a lot of experience in the organization. Not that different than, than I shared when I, when I joined um, 
you know, my, my first government organization, and I had a lot of experience with the organization, but I didn't know how to be a leader. Um, I didn't have, uh, you know, sort of uh, the right perspective on some things. I came in with many biases, and I came in with a lot of bad habits, right? You know, or things that were appropriate in a, in a, for another job, but not the job that I was in. So you can really uh, create a, a challenging situation for you and your team, because the leader, you, you're relying on only your past experience and expecting things to always be the same. And, um, you know, if you, have a, if, you have a, if you have a hammer and you're good at hammering every, every problem is a nail, you know, there's, uh, there's always opportunity for a different approach. Too often, um, when we want to go fast and we want to get things done quickly, we go to back to the approach we're very, very comfortable with. And unfortunately, that can lead to some, some bad results for you, you and the team. So that process of the learning is really hard. I think it goes to, um, uh, you know, humility and recognizing you might not have the right answer. I think it goes to this idea that uh, you need to, you know, successful organizations have uh, uh, good feedback mechanisms and people in leadership positions are listeners. And they, as much as they're tellers or doers, um, they listen and they're open to new approaches and demonstrate flexibility. So uh, that that learning process, that letting go of attachments to, you know, past successes, uh, not being too prideful, um, you know, those are those are the, the key elements. I don't know if there's a a single uh, answer about how you do it. Um, it it's more about uh, mentally preparing yourself for this idea that you might not have the best approach and, you know, have that environment again. I always go back to that word because I think it's so important uh, where, where you can sit down and talk about what you're doing with your leadership team before you do it and get their feedback and be open to their feedback and maybe ask what, what's worked here before. I think if you're coming into a new organization as an experienced leader, that can even be, that can even be more so. I've seen many uh, new executives come into uh, different government organizations, uh, you know, and not just USDA, all over. And they come in uh, with an understanding about how things work, where they came from. Maybe they came from DOD and they're coming into a civilian organization. And, you know, we have a different culture and we have a different approach. And you have to talk about things more. You just can't do things as quickly sometimes. That's the culture and the environment. And if you don't learn the culture and the environment and you go back to your, uh, your standard approach, and the one that's always been successful for you, it might not work. And then as a leader, you become very frustrated that, you know, what you, what you think should work isn't working or the people around you aren't good or the, or the um, environment isn't one that can be, you know, successful. Uh, I think all of those things, you know, are preventable if the, the leader is able to pause and listen and, and learn and, you know, maybe, maybe test some of their approaches in a, in a small way to, to see if they're working and build on those successes idea of, you know, crawl, walk, run sometimes, we say, I think is really, you know, really critical. Uh, but, you know, recognizing that just because it worked before in another environment, it might work and it might not work now, that, you know, being able to admit that and acknowledge it, I think is the first step. So um, when we look at your uh, deputies, or suppose you are trying to help your team become better at identifying blind spots and, and specifically at the identification level or dealing with it, do you think that it could be misconstrued at being a perspe- perfectionist? 
because of course the obvious things you're anyway dealing with, but then you tell them, okay, go chase a ghost or go look under the hood or look at places that you've never looked before. Is that more of a telling them or is there a way for them to naturally embrace it? Because this is all part of even you being a leader, but there's a management component on how do you lead others by example or some other ways where, where they say, yes, we are not being unnecessarily asked to be pushed, pushing ourselves hard. It is for, for our own good, et cetera, et cetera. So, so where, where can we draw the line of us trying to look for blind spots and being perfectionist, or at least the perception of the same? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. One of the things that we've, we've done recently is we've had a, uh, a real focus on our leadership team working better together as a leadership team, and we've used uh, uh, some group executive coaching to, to help us. And when, uh, when you're in that group setting, and it's the group that's being <clears throat> tasked to be reflective and think about how we interact and how we relate to our staff and how the environment is changing around all of us. I, I, I think it's a lot less uh, telling, uh, a lot less um, of, the, of the leader um, being perceived as I'm forcing you to uh, try and change in some way. We're, we're taking a you know, a less uh, um, authoritarian approach in, in this sort of case. We're, 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 we're really focusing on those soft skills and, you know, um, a, a very you know, focused approach of uh, how our interrelationships as a leadership team, you know, uh, horizontally and vertically with our staff and our customers, how they're impacted by the way we work or don't work together at times. So it's it's a lot less about you're doing something wrong. You need to really think about it. It's a lot more about you know we've made we've been successful in the past, um, but we can be more successful. We have uh, achieved some good things, but there's so much more out there to achieve, and probably do it with, to achieve with fewer resources. So where do we have flexibilities that we haven't taken advantage of? Where do we have strengths that haven't been um, you know fully fully identified or utilized? And how do we we account for those as we plan and go forward? And how do we build those muscles? And doing it in, a, in sort of a group way uh, and in a facilitated way, I think is a you know very healthy approach. I've, I've used it successfully in multiple organizations. I've been a part of it, and now sort of trying to lead that effort. And uh, <clears throat> I've always uh, I've always felt that it's uh, better to do things like that together than focus on one individual or focus on one. Uh, one area of your organization that you know might have oppor- might have some obvious opportunity because uh, there's always a chance across the best performing organization I believe to to do even better and establishing that culture and that environment is uh, is really important. And again, one of the important jobs I have is as as the leader, as the CIO, but as a leader in general. If On behalf of the show, you have to do that. And on behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Jonathan, for sharing your insights. You were great, a confident, you come across as a great and confident leader. You have uh, shared insights on how you identified your own blind spots, helped your team. So thank you so much for sharing all your insights on, on how other leaders who are listening to this uh, show are able to or will be able to handle their blind spots, identify them and, and take care and eliminate them. Thank you so much so again. Thank- Appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you. Now, listeners, hope you enjoyed. Took some nuggets away, some actionable insights. Use them. Remove your blind spots. Please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN. That is CIO Talk Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog, all your talk show hosts. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.